Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Bronson Hill, who is the founder of Bronson Equity. Bronson, how you doing? Timmy, great to be here, man. Love talking about finance and just you know helping people experience freedom. So excited for it. Of course, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and jump right in. If you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, so I, let's see, I was, are you talking about work-wise or just, just general, a little bit about myself? Uh, you know, you can go a little bit about yourself and primarily work and what you kind of fill your okay. days with. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I, uh, was a medical device sales guy for like 10 years, which meant I would go into surgery and help physicians with their, sur- their surgeries. And, uh, I enjoyed it. I just didn't have freedom over my time. And so, I kept trying to try to find a way to develop passive income. Uh, Warren Buffett has this saying, he says, unless you learn how to make money when you sleep, you'll work until you die. And so I was trying to figure out how do I generate more money without taking up more time? And so by kind of going down that road, the last four years, I was able to learn about apartment investing and raising money for apartment deals. So basically I help busy professionals to uh, get into passive investments where they don't have to manage any property. They're not getting any calls at midnight of, hey, the toilet's not working, whatever, but they can still receive a really good return on their investments. That's what we do on the business side. Personal side, I love to travel. I traveled six times internationally in 2022. I run competitive Spartan races. I'm a songwriter, written over 100 songs over the years, and I just love reading. So I'm very curious about a lot of things. You can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. And so you said you started raising capital, was that four years ago? Um, yeah. So about four years ago, um, I had learned, it was about four and a half years ago, I learned about multifamily. I had been doing some single family investing. I think, you know, a lot of us start with single family just because, you know, we're familiar with houses. A lot of people that end up owning rental houses and have lived in a house at some point or they're familiar with it. And so like, oh yeah, I want to do that. I want to buy a buy a rental and buy multiple rentals. And I got to you know, four rentals. And I realized it was a lot of work. And I, even though with a property manager, it didn't really uh, give me the type of income that I wanted. And so um, I had a, a relative who had been doing multifamily for years said, why don't you do multifamily? And I said, well, I don't have the money. And he said, well, you can raise the money. So I used that, you know, just learning about syndication, started a local meetup in Los Angeles where I live, found my first investor there. And then just, you know, one thing led to another, made met some partners, met some uh, so, you know, a bunch of passive investors had a bunch of one-on-one calls with investors. And, um, you know, it, it sounds super, you know, linear, like yours just happened and all of a sudden it's there, but we've raised about 30 million now for multifamily deals. And, uh, I quit my great corporate job. So I just love talking about financial freedom and really, you know, when people can replace their living expenses through investment income, it opens up a lot of opportunities. Absolutely. It does. And it is a great uh, goal to strive for and can happen a lot faster than you would think. Like for yourself, four and a half years ago, you just started learning about it. And now here you are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think anything is like that. There's a saying that uh, if you want to earn more, you have to learn more. And that's by Brian Tracy, the motivational guide. It's just, you know, you can learn how to do anything. And there's really two things that help us on the path. Uh, the first is education. So it could be books. It could be, you know, the average CEO reads like 60 books a year. 
and the average American reads 12, but half of Americans don't read, they read four books or less a year. So reading is a huge way and just, you know, going and educating yourself. Now, YouTube, it's like YouTube University you can learn anything you want on YouTube and even shows like this, you know, where you're, you're getting into different topics. It's incredibly valuable. And the second thing really is beyond education is networking, right? The people you meet, you know, there's a saying you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So yeah. if you look around, you know, pretty much if I looked at you and did an average of the five people, their incomes, their fitness level, their spirituality, whatever you probably, you'd probably be somewhere in a mix of that. Right. So we were all kind of that way. So if we want to get to the next level, we've got around, get around people that are, you know, wealthier or healthier, um, you know, have other habits in their life and have experienced success. And then it really pulls us up to that level, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, let's go ahead and jump into your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, for me, I think the why is more important than the what. There's a great book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. Like whatever you do, whether it's in business or in life, start with what's, what's the reason, what's the end goal here? So I'm a big kind of life design plan guy. Like what, what do you want? Like what are the things that you want and what what really is your big purpose? Because yachts and Mai Tais and just this, you know, financial freedom for itself is is not really fulfilling. And a lot of people think that's kind of uh, hard to believe. But I think without a vision in our heart, you know, we start to kind of perish or we start to, uh, you know, we just don't really, we kind of fall into depression. So for me, there's two things. One is uh, I love uh, my daughter. I have a 10 year old daughter and it really gives me a lot of uh, direction to really try to be a great dad, spend time with her. And uh, we just had a, a Christmas um, kind of performance at her school today, holiday performance at her school, which is fun seeing that. And so to have flexibility to go do that is great. And then the second thing really is I discovered um, a number of years ago that there are actually today somewhere between 20, 20 to 40 million human slaves. Uh, it's called modern day human slavery. And so it didn't end, you know, hundreds of years ago or hundred years ago, it's, it still exists. And so um, there's people, whether it's sexual human slavery, labor slavery, different types of slavery, it's all over the world and it just continues to exist. So I might, my big why is to try to help end or stop, or at least reduce, you know, there's so many people that are suffering there. So I'd love to be a part of helping people that are in that situation. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and jump into your dreams and goals. And you've talked about financial freedom, but now you're looking for that meaning. And so part of that, I assume, is helping those human slaves growing with your daughter. But talk to us more about any other dreams, goals, vision you have for your life. Yeah. So I, I'm a big goals guy. So I actually, we're recording this right around holiday time, December. Um, you know, I, I kind of between around Christmas and New Year's, I get away for a couple of days and I just do some reflection on the year and and I, I'm, I literally have my, my 10 goals I read for the, you know, for the year, I read them every single morning I go through and where do I want to be? I try to visualize that. I create some, you know, pictures, even on the other side of this, it's like a vision board of what I want to see with my life. Um, so some, some big goals I have, you know, I, I want to, uh, you know, continue to raise more money, continue to help more people, continue to grow on the business side. I want to continue to read it. I think this year I've read 77 books so far. I'm hoping to get to 80 or 85 this year. And, uh, you know, just continuing to learn and grow. And then my goal, goals for the year typically are to travel four times internationally. Uh, actually, I'm in the process of writing a book. So I'm trying to write an hour a day. And so I'm hoping to just, you know, in the next few months have finished writing, at least the rough draft of my book and uh, just about passive investing. And uh, I think, you know, the thing about goals, it's amazing. It's not necessarily you know, the goal itself, it's the person that you become while you're going after these goals, right? Jim Rohn, who's a, motiva who's a motivational speaker, said that it's not necessarily the goals themselves. It's it's the person that you become. You're somebody who goes after goals and you create, you know, a new life for yourself. And it said that only 3% of Americans actually have written goals. So if somebody is listening, they want to change their life. You just create a goal 
and then you read it each day or you, you, know, you write it down, what you want to do, you just continually reflect on that. And it's almost inevitable that it will happen. Either it will happen or you'll, you know, you'll, you'll change it or something. But regardless, it just can create a lot of movement in our lives. We have so much time and energy and we're going so many directions. But if we just you know, try to focus and say, this is my goal, this is what I want, uh, it's amazing what we can accomplish. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I completely agree. And I think to add to that, um, you said you'll either accomplish it or you'll change it. You're more likely to accomplish your goals if you don't yeah. change them. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, it's true. The reason I say that is if you read it every day, um, you either become it or you just, you give up on it. So, it, but I'm saying you're right. The more you meditate, if you, if you want anything bad enough, you can get it. And I've watched this in my life. My, my net worth's gone up by 20 X in the last four years, been able to, you know, I was making over $200,000 a year. My job I was able to quit the job and just you know, all these things that like kind of sounded crazy before now it's just open up all these new opportunities. So I, I'm a big you know, person that tries to say, well, what, what's possible, right? There's so much more possible that we're capable of. And the biggest limiting factor really is between our ears, right? It's, it's right here to here is that we limit ourselves. And so there's nothing impossible and we can kind of create the life that we, we can, we want to create. We can say, well, if I'm, I'm not that way, or I haven't been this type of person, well, why not? I mean, you could, if you really wanted to, if that's something that was really in your heart. So I'm just a big, you know, person that says, Hey, to, you know, everybody should, go out for their dreams as hard as they can. And if you miss, like, you know, no one's going to like get angry. You, know, you, you basically owe it to yourself to not have the regrets. Um, there's this book that was written by a, a nurse. who's a hospice nurse. And they, I think it's called five regrets of the dying. And one of them, one of the five regrets was like, I wish I had gone harder after my dreams. I wish I hadn't held anything back. And so when we're 70, 80, 90 years old, you know, it's not the things that we did and we failed at that we'll regret. It's the things that we didn't try, right? That why didn't we? go ask that girl out. Why didn't we, why didn't we quit the job? Why didn't we start the business? Why didn't we invest in this thing? You know, so some of those things I think are really important when you're young, you feel like you've got all the time in the world. And I turned 40 a couple of years ago. So it was kind of like, okay, I feel like I only got so much time to really get this thing moving. And so it really motivated me to really uh, start to try to go after my dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've accomplished what most people never accomplish. Right. And you're only 40. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's epic. I love it. Well, awesome. So we got continue to learn and grow, publish a book, travel four times internationally in 2023, spend that quality time with the family and helping human slaves. Any other dreams or goals, or is that kind of the full picture of Bronson? Yeah, I mean, the book is a big one, um, you know, and a lot of it too, I think it's just continue to develop. I mean, I want to start a, like a mastermind community around investing that people pay to be a part of where there's a deal flow uh, element to it. And then yeah, I think the more I, I, the more time I spend with people, the more you just uncover what people need. I mean, really people get paid in the marketplace to be someone who adds value, right? If I can create enough value, people get angry because people are billionaires or look at Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or all these guys, but these guys have created so much value, excuse me, for so many people, right? If I want to be someone who, and I don't think we should look at them and say, Hey, we should take their money or they should, they're, we should penalize them or whatever. We should say, Hey, look, we should learn from these principles that they've done to create so much value for people. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's really in the marketplace, how people get paid. So, if I'm at a place or a listener is in the place like, man, I just, just not make enough money where we'll look around and see, you know, who has challenges, who has problems. I mean, I, I pay people to help solve problems for me. And I've realized people that are very successful, they're more than willing to pay if someone can come along and solve a problem. So a lot of times it's just continuing to try to find out where your passions can help uh, intersect with somebody else's problems, right? So if you have a passion in an area where someone is challenged in, uh, that's a great opportunity, right? It's a great deal for both. And so that's how people really get paid. And so 
uh, I think a lot of times people can look and I, I didn't come for money. It's actually, there's a stat that shows that um, 88% of millionaires uh, are self-made. This is by Fidelity Investments. This was a study that was done. A lot of times there's, there's this perception that people are born with a silver spoon in their mouth. And in reality, the facts say it's really most likely not true. It's most of the time that they they learn and they work and they figure it out. So I didn't come from a wealthy family, very, very middle class. We had, my dad was a single dad with four kids. And, you know, it's just these, all these things can be learned, right? They're all things that we can learn and grow into. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And before we jump into um, our next couple of questions, tell us a little bit more about real estate. So people passively invest in these syndications. I know a lot about it, but I'm sure somebody listening is curious. So I don't, I want to ask about it. What does that passive investment look like? What are those returns generally? How smooth is it for the investor? And what type of knowledge do they need before they? Yeah, I remember when I first heard the term syndication, this was uh, maybe about five, six years ago. I was like, that just sounded like somebody was talking another language. I was like, what does that even mean? And they're, yeah. I'm going to do syndication. And it just sounded so weird. It sounded like it's the word syndication to me sounded like a, like a mob syndication or like a, like a syndicated TV show or something like they said, like this term, like it's just an uncommon term, but it's a fancy way of just saying, um, you know, we basically raise money from investors. We pull it together. We go buy an asset such as a large apartment building. Um, now we've been able to buy over 2000 units and our properties totaling over 2000 units. And basically the benefit to the investor um, is, you know, a lot of times we go after single family, you know, everybody thinks I'm going to go buy a rental house or I've met a lot of people. I used to work in the medical fields, a lot of doctors and they go buy a house and have a second house and have a vacation rental. It'd be a lot of work because their, their time was super valuable, but they ended up kind of managing or being involved. Even if they weren't the manager, they're still involved. And it really didn't generate a lot of cash flow. Um, a lot of these syndicated deals, they tend to be much higher cash flow and much higher upside, or even, you know, even if it's the same amount of money, um, it, it has much more predictability um, single family tends to really move up and down quite a bit. Multifamily is just pretty solid with, uh, with how inflation, you know, it hedges inflation. So the nice thing is people that are looking to grow their wealth without taking up more of their time. My question for people a lot of times is uh, if you can't 10 X your current investment strategy. So if you have three rental houses, could you go to 30? And if that's like, Oh my gosh, there's no way I could do that. Well, then you're not actually doing passive investing. You're not doing what Warren Buffett said about learning how to make money while you sleep because there is, you're being very active in it, right? So passive investing is not completely passive. It's basically you vet a team and you vet a deal. Does the deal make sense? Does the sponsor experience? Do you see how this could work out? And maybe you put money in different deals with different sponsors. But uh, what happens over time is, is you get some tax benefits, the, the money grows, you know, we'll see commonly, um, not a specific deal, but you know, our goal is typically to, to double the invested, uh, the money invested every five to seven years, right? So we're trying to find a way to, uh, have a great returns better than the stock market without the volatility. And also, like we talk about, uh, inflation is something that everybody's talking about and it continues to get worse. So um, trying to find a way to grow wealth over time uh, outside the stock market is always always a positive thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love it. And with that vetting the team, with that vetting the sponsor, that is something, obviously, I'm sure your book coming out will speak more to those things, but that is just, you know, networking, getting in, talking to people like Bronson, and he would love to talk to you more about the details of that, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we love it. That's really our businesses. We educate people how it works and, you know, why would they want to do it? And, you know, a big most I've had 1,300, over 1,300 one-on-one -on -one conversations with different people that are worth over a million dollars. And it's, uh, you know, common things. It's people are very busy. They want to grow wealth. They want to become more passive. They want to reduce taxes. There's actually potential ways to reduce taxes or eliminate them. I was paying about 25% taxes 
on the 200K I was making, and I got to where I get to got to about 1%, right? And so there's there's ways, people call them loopholes, but the government calls them incentives, right? They're incentives of ways that they incentivize things like energy and housing and things like that. So no, I love talking with people about how this stuff can work. For sure. I love it. Well, awesome. Bronson, what are the top one to two skills that you need to develop right now to make your dreams and goals come true? That's a great question. Um, gosh, I thought it was going to be softball questions here. Um, <laughs> um, I think I need to be, I think one thing is I need to dream bigger and just even sharing what are my dreams, whatever. I think I need to dream bigger. And when I have big dreams, uh, continue to make a plan of how to get there. So that's, I think, a thing that I need to get better at. And then I think another thing is to really be able to uh, continue, but even more so be able to take information from different areas and synthesize it into education, right? How can I, when I read a book or I do this, whatever, how can I take all of that and just share that with people, right? So I, I do read a lot, but I just kind of, it just sits in my mind, whatever, but how do I continue to find ways to share that? Gotcha. So not just in the book, but also ways outside of the book. Yeah. So, you know, reading a book is good and, and getting information is good, but being able to actually use that information on an interview or being able to use that information in a book that you write or being able to use it in a conversation is I really see, powerful. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I thought you were talking about the book you're writing right now, communicating it better, but you were talking about intaking it and then applying yeah. it. Yeah. Cause I think, of, you know, a book, if I write a book, my first book I've, I've written and I encourage anybody to just, you know, really an easy how-to is create an outline and then just write an hour a day. And if you do that, then there's groups that can kind of help you take your rough draft and make it better and all of that. But, um, you know, yeah, I think it's it's the idea that this, I'm going to be writing this book based on the information I have now, which would be different than what I have in 10 years, right? There's going to be a different amount. I'm going to have hopefully way more information than I have now. But, uh, you know, with, with all the information I'm getting in these books I'm reading or these podcasts or YouTube or different things, being able to synthesize that and really create a really good plan for people based on where I think, I think is that's actually a skill itself, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. So those are the skills you need to develop. What are the highest impact daily actions that are going to tick the needle forward towards your dreams and goals? Yeah. Yeah. These are good, great questions, man. Like I'm getting a life coaching session right here. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. So I think the biggest things, um, you know, the, the two bigger activities, you know, education and networking, I think it's just continuing to uh, go to events, talk with investors, um, and then, you know, both education on myself and others. So I, I think, you know, continuing as well to put things out there, continuing to find ways to educate people, because a lot of times, you know, you have a great idea, you've got a great plan, but nobody's heard of you, nobody knows what you have to offer. And so the more you share, the better you get at sharing information that people, you know, really value and you learn what they do value. Okay. This YouTube video got 5,000 views and this one got, you know, 50. Well, what's the difference? Okay. Well, we're going to do more like the 5,000 one, right. And just learning about that process of really what provides the most value. And really, you know, for me, what provides the most value to people um, in their state of life? I feel like it has to do with passive investing and with real estate and taxes and things like that. But it might be that, there are other things that, you know, are more valuable to other people. So I'm still discovering that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that's also, it comes into who you're targeting, you know, cause like if you're targeting somebody like me, it's like, okay, well maybe I'm more focused on increasing my income right now. So passive investing isn't exactly the target like topic for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and with real estate too, I mean, there's, you know, I speak on both topics on, you know, if you have money, how to invest passively. And also if you don't, how do you scale up and how do you do what I did? Cause mm -hmm. those are 
you know, they're both, they're different skill sets, but they're, you know, there's, it's just work and time to figure out how to do it. So. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Bronson, what character trait do you most need to develop right now to make your dream life come true? Man, I feel like this is like confessional here. Let's see what a character <laughs> trait. Um, I think, I think the biggest character trait that I need to develop is, I don't know if it's a character trait. I think it's continuing to be consistent. Um, somebody asked, you know, Grant Cardone, who's in, you know, the real estate space, who's kind of everywhere. What's your superpower? You know, he didn't say, well, it's my jet or it's my supermodel wife or it's my whatever. He said consistency, right? It's, it's being consistent. That was his superpower. And it's, it's amazing. If you just do something and you do it well and you do it every day and you get better at it and you learn, um, you'll continue to get where you want to go. And that's the challenge for being an entrepreneur. You know, when you're an employee, uh, you have somebody telling you what you need to do and where you need to go, whatever. You're an entrepreneur. It's like every day is open. You can have a free day every day if you want. You can go you know, do whatever you want to do, but, um, there, there's amount of discipline that comes from, okay, I'm going to be consistent. So there's both consistency in doing the tasks and really finding out what the right tasks are. So I think the, the process of that is just continuing to be someone who's learning and evaluating and, you know, really reflecting on, okay, what, what is the goal? And is this, does this move the needle? Does this interview, does this book does this event does whatever it is does this actually move the needle and get me closer to where i want to go yeah yeah absolutely and i guess that identifying actions that move the needle is really tied back to having that written down goal with a plan is that right yeah 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 exactly i think that's a big one and then i think you know it's amazing i i didn't really do goals i mean i kind of okay i have a goal or a resolution whatever but the last you know four or five years i've really been every year I go to, there to events that you do goals with and you get into a space of like when you die and what do you hope people say about you and you get, you know, it feels kind of morbid, but you get in that place and you're like, well, what, what really matters? You know, like what's something that you're willing to die for? What's something that if you're at the end of your days, you really hope that, you know, this would have happened in your life or these relationships uh, would, would, would look like this with your family or nobody ever at the end of their life says, oh, I wish I'd worked more. Right. But there are people that say, I wish I would have gone up for my dreams. I wish I'd spent enough time with my family. I wish I had done things a little different. And so I think it's important to be aware of that. And then when you create your goals, continue to sit in that space and reflect back, okay, does this actually meet up with really what my long-term goals are? Um, so that, you know, when I get to the end of my life and say, oh, I got, I got everything I wanted. And they say, well, what else? What's, you know, it, it feels a little empty, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So... For those out there who are sitting there and they're like, maybe I have a big dream and I have a plan to get to that big dream, scared to take that plan, or I take that plan, I end up self-sabotaging, I'm not consistent. What would you say to that person about building consistency into their life in a sustainable way that sets them up for success long-term? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, if you can, um, a couple of things. One, there are goals events. There are people that, uh, actually set up events around this and it, you know, they're not that expensive, you know, a thousand dollars or, you know, 1500, but whatever, you can go to an event and you can really figure out what it is you want. They'll walk you through a process of how to identify those things. And then, um, you know, or, you know, alternatively, and I, I do, I try to do this once a quarter where I'll get away for a couple of nights and I'll just, you know, reflect on, okay, how am I doing based on my goals? Am I really, um, you know, am I, is there anything that needs to change? Are there some priorities that are off? Are there things that, you know, I should be doing that I'm not doing? And I think a lot of people that work full time, it's hard to do that if you have kids or whatever, but even if it's just for a day or an afternoon or just continue to spend time in that space, because 
Um, and, and I think a lot of us, we can get discouraged because we're not seeing progress on our goals, but uh, we do need to celebrate the small wins, right? I have, there's an app actually called WinStreak, W-I-N Streak, and it's a free app. And it basically, at the end of the day, I put three wins that happened during that day, three things that I did that I felt really were consistent with my values and really I can celebrate, right? So I celebrate those things. And then I put uh, for the next day, three things that three wins I'm looking forward to tomorrow, right? So it gets me in the habit of I'm somebody who has wins each day, even if it doesn't feel like I'm going to find, I'm going to find three wins. I did this. I wrote an hour of my book. I went and worked out. I, whatever the thing is, I'll write that in there. And then basically I look forward and I'm, I become somebody who is a winner, right? Who's continuing to do things that I have wins in my life. And that builds a lot of confidence. So that seems like these things sometimes seem really subtle. Um, also affirmations. I do affirmations in the morning and those are really powerful. But as you do these things, it's like, it does begin to change the way you see yourself and it begins to change the way you look at problems and it begins to change everything just simply because of your perspective and because you're disciplined to do these things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's wild how much those subtle changes really impact and ripple your life. Like just working out consistently three times a week or writing down three wins, one win. You could write down one win for the week every Sunday and it'll change your life. Yeah. Um, just a quick story about this for me. Part of the reason I started this podcast was one dreams are one of my dreams and goals is to help people with their dreams and goals. Like that's what gives me energy. Mm -hmm. That's why I ask these questions. I just love doing it. But two, I realized that I needed to build a consistency trait. And so I was like, I'm just going to do what I love consistently on the podcast. And I'm going to post every day. And just about a year later now, I've posted every day and it has led to me having confidence in other areas of my life or like rejecting opportunities that I otherwise would have said yes to because I had a lower self image mm -hmm. of myself. And so mm -hmm. I can talk to people more confidently. I can do things with more confidence. And it's just, um, it's just exciting. I'm like, this is only a year in, like, imagine after 10 years of posting the podcast every day, 20 years of posting the podcast every day, it'll just, it'll change my life. So yeah, consistency and for you, I can see, I don't, are you a life coach? I am not a life coach now. You should you should be a life coach because I mean that's you know the questions you're asking is those are the things that you're doing. So if you're listening now and you want Timmy to be your life coach, you should reach out to him and say, hey, because you know having somebody ask these questions are are really powerful, right? And I yeah. can tell you like it and you enjoy it and you're leading somebody on a path, and I think it's incredibly powerful. So I hope that for you, I mean that sounds like that would be a fun thing, right? If you could have it would be 20, 20 conversations a week with people that are really wanting to better themselves and you could kind of be a person that helps them on the way. I just see you light up when you talk about it. So I, th <laughs> I think it's something to pursue, man. I would totally look into that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I had, I pursued it in the past and consistency is what got me. Like I couldn't stay consistent yeah. with the marketing or with the um, content plan or whatever it may be. So um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, just talk about it on your podcast. Just, Hey, if you're just being coached by me, you know, at the end of the thing, just people will reach out. So if there you're interested, go. I'm going to give you a, a shameless plug right here. Right. So if you <laughs> want to be coached and go to the next level, I mean, the questions that Timmy's asking are awesome. And I don't know, I mean, having somebody in your life that can do that can really help you get to the next level. So some of you've been following for a long time. You need to reach out to Timmy. Hmm. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Bronson. Sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> awesome. Well, if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they do it? Um, Gosh, I think one person I'd like to meet. I always like meeting people that um, there's a lot of people I like to meet, but um, I think for me now, having somebody who 
is been doing what I've been doing for 20, 30 years and is willing to kind of have some conversations around, hey, here's some coaching in the bit. Here's what you need to do to kind of get there. But also like, um, you know, here's some things to think about along the way so you don't lose yourself. You know, you, you can gain the whole world and lose your soul, right? You can, you can basically have everything you want and lose yourself in the middle of that. And I think when I see people that I really see they didn't lose themselves, they stayed honest, they stayed humble, they stayed uh, teachable, they're, they're curious, you know, um, they seem to just have so much joy versus somebody who, you know, has everything, but yet they just seem like they're just totally bankrupt. They just, they're total, it, it, it's not, it's not who they are. They had to become someone else to get it right. And yeah. I think that the most in, people that I admire the most are people that it's consistent, like they, they're authentic and because they're authentic, even about their vulnerabilities, that's what else has allowed them to become successful, right? People are drawn to them, not because they're awesome, amazing, perfect, but because they are themselves and those things come together and allows them to just be, okay, this is who I am. And it's, uh, it's, I think that's, that's somebody I really admire. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And when you are talking about somebody in the same space, are you talking specifically raising capital for syndication, real estate space in general, author? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it could be somebody. I, I do know some people that have raised, you know, $600, $700 million. Um, and they've said, yeah, I'd go from $30 million to $300 million. It's actually not that big of a jump. You just kind of keep doing it. Um, but I think people I admire, I mean, I think it's it's really people that have created um, you know, a life for themselves. They've created such right. an audience, mm -hmm. such a influence. Um, and, and honestly, both these people that I know that have raised hundreds of millions of dollars, um, I would say, you know, they're not household names, which is fine. And they're, you know, they're known by some people in the investment community, but they're not. Uh, but, you know, people that I admire, one guy actually in real estate that I actually have a relationship with is Ken McElroy. And he's a you know, just been doing it for a long time as a billionaire in real estate. And he just, he just, but the way he approaches life, he's so humble and he has a YouTube channel and he just kind of shares, Hey, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's what's happening. And I just really admire that. I just admire that he's so approachable and he just is so open with everything. Um, so I think, you know, probably somebody who's an educator or somebody who really, um, you know, like me is, is somebody who wants to continually teach and, and, you know, give to others and continue to grow and just even, I think Ken's probably late fifties now, but like, you know, just somebody who's, who's a little bit ahead of me. I think that's the person I really admire and really spend more time with. There we go. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three before our last series of questions. Okay. And so first question is what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Oh man. Um, favorite book. My favorite book is called the gifts of imperfection. It's by an author named Brené Brown. Um, it's a short book. It's about 150 pages, The Gifts of Imperfection. I actually got divorced six years ago and was dealing with a lot of issues of just shame and am I okay? And just, you know, had a religious background, just kind of felt a lot of, you know, just feelings of like, yeah, am I, well, who am I? What am I doing? And that book really talks through what it means to live a wholehearted life and people that being getting around people that, you know, care about you and love you, not because, you know, or not, be, not despite your imperfections, but because of your imperfections, right? And just being able to have that community around you that really is for you. So I recommend that book. I think higher than any other book. It's my favorite. Mm. The Gifts of Imperfection. I've heard a lot about Brene Brown, but I haven't consumed a lot of her content. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, that, that's the, I think the easiest one to, um, to jump into. It's a short book. She also has a bunch of stuff on YouTube, but 
Um, it's a book I was reading and as I was reading it, I just would read a page or two and then just have to put it down for a day or two. It was just so like, I just never heard anybody say stuff that she was saying. And I was just like, it's so helpful. Like it's just so helpful in my life. So really good. Gotcha. And what's one way you like to take care of yourself? Um, I'm a big fitness guy, so I love to work out. Um, you know, I try to work out usually six days a week and, uh, I think that's, I think it's really good. I love being active and I lost 30 pounds about five years ago. So I was about 30 pounds heavier and I've been able to keep it off. And I just love trying to be healthy. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet that mentor that has created the life, has a lot of influence and you can like work with? Yeah, I think, you know, I mentioned Ken. I mean, I, I know Ken, you have a relationship with him. I think, you know, they're just going to events, continue to try to find a way to add value. I think uh, really what I've noticed when working with really successful people is that uh, they have a lot of people approaching them saying, hey, I want you to mentor me. I want to spend time with you, whatever. And so what I've tried to do is kind of have a different approach where I say, how can I bring value? Right? How can I bring value to this person? And so um, there's a, another quote by this guy, Jim Rohn, who said, make yourself valuable to valuable people, right? If people are providing a lot of value in the marketplace, if I can try to find a way to solve something in their business or create a partnership or do something like that. And that's really how I went from raising a little bit of money for one deal to raising 15 million over you know, a year and a half, uh, just by approaching somebody and saying, Hey, how's it going in this area? You know, could I be potential help in your business or is there anything that I could do to help? And so those conversations are really powerful and it really sets you apart. So I think for me, just being in situations with people that are uh, the, the ideal type of mentor and trying to figure out, Hey, is there a way that I can really serve this person? Hmm. Gotcha. And speak to adding value to somebody's life a little bit more, because how do you approach those people who have it all together business-wise, like their capital raising impenetrable deal uh, flow, just coming in from brokers and direct mail, and they got the team put together to do everything that they need to do. Where do you seek to add value to those people's lives? Or do you just go to somebody else and be like, find a hole somewhere? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, a lot of times we see people that we really respect and we think, oh, they've got no holes and they've just got everything filled in. Everything's going awesome. I, I almost guarantee you the more successful someone is or they appear, the more challenges that they have, right? Because the more you start, if you don't do anything, you don't have, you know, your challenges are small. I mean, people get old, you know, what they do is they stay at home and complain about the neighbors, right? That's what they like. Their world is small. There's nothing yeah. there. People that are really busy and successful and have big businesses and they got huge challenges and problems and there's so many things going on. And these people typically have much bigger vision than where they're at right now. So approaching mm -hmm. somebody and saying, actually, that's a really good idea. Maybe I should approach, you know, some people and just say, Hey, I, I see this, you know, is there any way that I can help in this specific area? But I do think that, you know, going to somebody and say, Hey, how can I help? I get that quite a bit. I'm like, well, I don't know. How can you help? Like, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't, I'll think about it. You know, like I have no, but if they're like, Hey, how can I, in this specific part of your business, I noticed this and I'm wondering how would it go if you made this change or is there any way I could help with this specific thing? Like that's, that's a really valuable thing. Right. So I yeah. think it's both, you know, trying to really think about somebody's business and just think, okay, it looks like it's all filled in here, but where could the gaps be and say, Hey, you know, I know you guys are doing like, for example, you know, I know you're doing YouTube and you're doing all these deals and whatever, but how is it going uh, in your, are you doing conferences or could we do a conference? Can I help you, you know, help you with that? I don't know. How, how would I help you? I don't know, but maybe I could try to be a part of help promoting something like that. Right. So, um, you know, things like that could be really powerful. Love it. Love it. So kind of 
seeking to understand their vision and then how you can fit into that vision because most successful people always have that vision they're going towards. Yeah, and, and they're thinking to be an entrepreneur or to be a business owner, you, you're always thinking about the challenges in your business and there's always problems. I mean, it looks like it's a finely tuned machine on the outside, but uh, there's always issues coming up. And if there's not, there's threats that are there that people are always thinking about. So people that are leading businesses or doing things, they're, they're always looking at the big picture saying, we've got to continually make changes. We've got to tweak this. We've got to move. You know, there's there's so much there. So it's, a lot of it's perception that, you know, everything's perfect. But I just think, you know, really thinking through, okay, what is somebody doing? What could they be doing? And finding a humble way in the right opportunity to say, hey, I noticed this. Is this something that would be of value to you? Right. Hmm. There we go. Well, now we got our final series of questions and these can get a bit personal. So okay. if you don't want to answer any of them, just be like, I'm a pass. And I'll be like, okay, cool. <laughs> okay. So the first question is, what is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life, if any? Um, I think the biggest limiting belief that I have is, you know, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be, you know, raising. This came out, actually, I went to a Tony Robbins event for the first time. Um, and I never been, I, I had a great time, but, um, you know, the question came up is, you know, basically I, I see myself as a leader in the real estate space, but I don't see myself as like the top guy. Right. So to be that top person, is that possible? And then people around me are like, oh yeah, we totally see you. You could totally, like, they were like totally encouraging, which is great. And people even that are in my industry, which is really humbling. But, um, I think that really has to start with me and start with being willing to see myself as worthy of that. And so I think that's the biggest thing and how you change that is just continuing to, um, you know, speak affirmations of, about worthiness and confronting things that are against that or things that happened when you were younger that are, you know, you're still believing that aren't true. But um, I think those are, those are a couple of big things. Gotcha. Gotcha. Where does your not worthiness come from? You spoke a little bit about childhood. Are there specific events or just a general vibe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me personally, um, I, I grew up, I mentioned I, a single dad, so my, my parents were divorced and I, I took it, you know, there wasn't anything specifically that happened that made me, you know, like, oh, nobody necessarily said this, but I think I just, I saw myself as less worthy. And I think it's common for a lot of kids to personalize things like a divorce or some, a kid says something or something hard happens and you take that, that, oh, that's because I'm not important or I'm not worthy. Right. And so I think that that's like, and, and I think this is normal for kids. I think some kids, a lot of kids grow up in a healthy home where they're, they just have a great sense of self and they're, uh, you know, that that's great. But I think also uh, for, for a lot of us, I'd say the majority of people, there are things that we really feel limited by. Um, and actually, I would say probably almost all, most people would have some limiting beliefs. But the biggest one, I think, is just feeling that, hey, I'm worthy of that. Um, and it doesn't, you know, my past doesn't determine my future. And you know, things were said, but they weren't necessarily true, or maybe they weren't said, but they were implied, or, or I just implied that. But uh, it can all be changed. The amazing thing about beliefs is you can you can change the tape. You know, we spend much time going through these shameful things or these shaming messages that somebody said to us or we said to ourselves. And so it just to change our mindset, we've got to change the tape, right? It's almost like a tape on repeat. Something bad happens and we'll say, oh, it's because I'm not smart enough or I'm stupid or, or if I were worthy enough, this wouldn't happen, right? But that's just not true, right? So you evaluate that and you say, well, what is true? What do I want to be true? And then you meditate on those things. You meditate on the truth, which is like, well, I'm loved. I'm, I'm special. I'm, I have a great plan. There's nothing that I can't you know, overcome. And the more you start saying things like that, uh, it begins to change 
you know, those, those long time tapes. And then, and then you become someone who you look at challenges differently. You don't look at like, Oh, here's a challenge. And it's because of me. you know, this is a challenge and I'm going to work through it. I'm gonna get stronger as I work through it. Absolutely. You talked about, um, confronting things that support that limiting belief or, you know, confronting beliefs from your childhood. But I want to go a little bit to today. Are there any actions you still have, whether they be daily, monthly, or annually that reinforce the limiting belief, I'm not worthy? I mean, I think honestly, life is just full of things. It's full of challenges, right? Like you drive along, you get a flat tire or, you know, you're at home and something breaks down or, you know, something happens, you know, like my daughter has a meltdown or you know, something happens and all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, I'm a, I'm a bad parent or, you know, I, I didn't do this or what, you know, you start to think, so I think life can happen and we can easily have a reaction and that's very normal and natural. I don't think we should judge ourselves for having a reaction, but I think it's really what we do on the second and third thought and how we interpret that, right? So we can take our reactions and we can say, well, we really evaluate it against what we believe. Like, is that true? And you say, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, that's a reaction. No, like, okay, flat tires happen. Or, you know, my daughter could have been for these reasons, whatever. And then, you know, we just tell ourselves, hey, this is really what I believe or what I want to believe is true. So I think a good life is not one that's devoid of any challenges, right? It's not something that's, you know, there's, there's nothing, everything goes wrong and everything's perfect. And I always think perfect. And I live at a, you know, a, I live Pollyanna all the time, but it's when there are challenges there, how do you face those? And walk through them. And I think, you know, my faith is a big part of this too. My faith in God is just like, you know, I believe everything works together somehow for my good and for the good of those around me. And so it allows me to take really hard, difficult things and say, I'm going to transform this, that this difficult thing didn't happen to me. It could be a health challenge. It could be, I got fired from a job years ago. It could be a relate in you know, my divorce it could be all the different things, but I, instead of those things happening to me, they happen somehow they happen for me to grow me and mature me into who I can become. And so if I can transform any difficult thing into something that actually is a character build, uh, I think that's a really positive thing. Gotcha. I love it. I love the, um, specifically the focus on not judging those uh, reactions that you have, but then being aware of your second and third thought regarding the reaction and being able to kind of like back up and observe and like calm yourself down, think about it, line it up with your beliefs. Perfect. Yeah, just perfect way to deal with situations. Um, yeah, yeah, and and that's I mean that's how we I guess that's just a learned thing is you have to learn that. But uh, that's good. I love the love the love the process, Coach. Here, this is good. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we we got a couple more questions for you. If you were to change that limiting belief of "I'm not worthy" into an abundant phrase that really spoke to your heart, what would that phrase be? Uh, you know, I am worthy. I'm enough. I'm, uh, you know, stuff happened to me and, you know, this, whatever the situation is, but it doesn't mean that doesn't define me. That doesn't make me less valuable or less important or any of that. Um, so I think the, the affirmation is I'm worthy, I'm loved, um, and nothing changes that. Right. So, you know, if I'm and that's what Brené Brown talks about this too, is that we're all worthy of love and belonging. Like every single one of us, there's no prerequisite for that. It's not like if I lose weight, then I'll be worthy. If I get make a certain amount of money, then I'll be worthy. If I'm in a relationship, I'm worthy. It's like, you know what? Well, we are worthy just the way we are. Yeah. And we have to accept that in ourselves first before anyone else will, will really show us that. And even then we get, you know, acceptance or love from other people. And it doesn't like, it has to, it has to start with ourselves. Mm. Mm. I love it. Yeah. That, um, the worthiness I'm enough past doesn't define me. Those are the things we need to be repeating to ourselves for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, a lot of us don't like 
who we are. But I mean, the, cha the challenge is we're going to live a lot of years, hopefully, and we only have ourselves. So the, the more we can be kind to ourselves and really speak to ourselves instead of saying, I'm so dumb, I'm so, you know, I wish I'd done this or that. So we just, you know, speak to ourselves as if we were to talk to a close friend. Because we never talk to our best friend the way we talk to ourselves sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. So if we can become our best ally, um, we face challenges and it actually can motivate us and make us, um, yeah, it, it's just, it, we, we, you know, the world can be against us at times, but we just, as long as we're not against ourselves, right? Absolutely. Well, Bronson, we got one last question for you. You ready? All right. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. I want to frame this next question. So Alex Hormozzi said that the difference between manipulation and help is intent. And I think his point here is that you're influencing people in both situations, but manipulation is about getting somebody to do something you want them to do, while help is about seeking to understand what somebody else wants and then helping them get there. Mm -hmm. This next question is going to be about help, not manipulation. So there's a common saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Well, I actually found out from a guest on my show, Dr. Alan Leica, that you can make a horse drink. You just have to salt its oats. Now, I want you to think of a person with a really fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help, not willing to accept change, but they hate their life. How can we, you and I, create an environment to salt their oats and help them change their life? Yeah, so the question is, how do we bring change to people in our lives that we see are struggling? Uh, this is a hard one. I think this is a really hard one because, um, and I, you know, for me, for a number of years you know, before I was in medical sales and real estate, I was a youth pastor for four or five years. And I go through this where I'd see kids that were high school students and I just want to shake them and say, you know, you, you know what the right thing is to do or just do it, you know, and they wouldn't. And uh, I think the challenge is we have to have uh, a care for people where we care and we want them to grow. We're available. We're watching for those opportunities. We're listening to what they're saying. A lot of times, like, there'll be signs that actually they, maybe they do want to change. And there's, there's conversations that they can, you know, people don't want to hear what I have to say, but if I help them discover something and it's theirs, that's huge. Right. So that's the same when, if you're a parent, you know, with kids, you can ask them kind of leading questions to kind of help them to, well, if you do this, what's the result of that? What you do is this what you want, whatever. And you kind of continue to help them unpack that. So I think that's very helpful. Um, but on the other hand, there is a sense of detachment where it's like, I can't live their life. You know, I can't like for all these high school students, I had a group of 200 high school students and couldn't change any of them, you know, I like as much as I want to, right. I would have to just try to say, Hey, I'm going to be here. I'm going to provide support. I'm going to provide hopefully some information that's helpful. I'm going to pray for them. And I'm going to try to, you know, do these things that I think are, are valuable, but at the end of the day, I can't bring the change in their life. So I think, in, you know, in our lives, um, you know, we will see people change, but a lot of times it's on their timetable and not ours. And so I think a lot of it just comes from being aware and being available. And, and what that looks like is maybe a friend is, you know, you see they're, they're really struggling in life and you say, you know, you kind of just check in with them. Well, I was like, oh, it sounds like it's going really hard, really tough. And well, what's happening when well, you just, just being a friend listening and then just kind of saying, well, have you thought about, you know, have you thought about doing something different or have you thought about changing your approach or have you thought about, you know, something like that. And then what happens, you're inviting them into maybe making a change. Right. And so, um, we see it in high school students, you could be, you could be on drugs one week and change and be in the drama club the next week and go to this, <laughs> people change their lives every week, right? It, just, it can happen no. so fast as an adult, it doesn't quite happen usually that fast, but, um, but you know, it does happen. And I think that's where, when we are really create a presence in our life, we're able to be there for the people that we care about. And uh, I think that's really what people need the most. Mm. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the key to the environment that kind of 
thing that's fundamental to all human interaction, love, care, yeah. listening, empathy, compassion, understanding. Um, but yeah, we can't live their life for them. And that, I will say, I before I asked this question on the podcast, I asked what was the catalyst to make people change? And a lot of people came down to the answer, inspiration or desperation and a personal choice. So there need to be a personal choice and then outside factors could influence it but couldn't make the choice happen. And that was the hardest bullet for me to bite because I hate seeing people in pain because yeah. you have, you love them so much, but then it's like, it's not my job to change people. It's not my job to save people. So Yeah, it, it's a really hard struggle because if you don't care about people, then you'll manipulate people, you use them, you'll basically be a narcissist and just do whatever, you know, or a psychopath and just use look at people as expendable. But if you care too much, which is a lot of people, you know, especially probably listen to the show, they care too much, right? We care too much and we'll enable people or we'll um, try to do things that really aren't, you know, their responsibility. They say with alcoholics, um, they have Alcoholics Anonymous for helping alcoholics, but there's this thing called Al-Anon, which is like for those like supporting alcoholics, right? So if somebody's an alcoholic in a family, there's somebody else usually there who's like, oh, hey, well you know, let's put their stuff away or, you know, you kind of, they kind of create things that can help this person stay on well. Right. So as we don't realize our behavior is we're trying to help people, but we're actually not allowing them to experience the consequences of their actions. Right. So especially people really close to us that are family or we see those things. So I think the challenge is how do we let people experience life and learn from that and not uh, just simply rescue them. Mm. Yeah. Such a hard, hard thing to balance there. Well, awesome. Yeah. Bronson, that's all we got for you, man. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Uh, yeah. So I, uh, like I said, if anyone wants to connect on real estate, um, we have, uh, you know, bronsonequity.com. We we have our, our YouTube channel, but at Bronson Equity, we've got this, uh, this giveaway. It's called how to use inflation to your advantage. So it's basically 52 color pages of just, you know, how do, how do we not get just simply hit by a pain in the pump? when we're at the uh, gas station or food at the grocery store, how do we get on the other side of the equation where we can become a real estate owner or raise money for real estate or do things that really uh, inflation is our friend and not our enemy. So love to connect with anybody. I'm also on social media. So if anyone wants to reach out, I'd love to connect. There we go. If you guys were listening to this and you loved what Bronson had to say, make sure to check him out. All the links to do so will be down in the show notes. Bronson, thanks for coming on the show. This is great, Timmy. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. And thank you guys for listening. We will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.